Hi, I'm Mark Scott, Secretary of the New South Wales Department of Education, and welcome to Every Student, the podcast where I get to introduce you to some of our great leaders in education. And I'm here today with Sally Egan, who leads the Centre for Education Statistics and Evaluation, CSE, here in the New South Wales Department of Education. And we'll be talking today about research and a new toolkit to support the most effective practices for school improvement and enhancing student outcomes. Welcome, Sally. Morning, Mark. When we think of the work of CC, possibly the best known piece of research is the What Works Best research. And recently that's been refreshed and renewed for school leaders everywhere in Australia. For those who aren't familiar with it, what is the What Works Best research and what's it all about? Mark, our What Works Best is our flagship program. It's our evidence base to support our teachers to know and understand the research into action. In 2014, we released seven themes from the growing bank of evidence for What Works Best to improve student educational outcomes. It's not an exhaustive list of effective practices, but a useful framework for teachers and our school leaders to consider when deciding how to challenge the status quo and certainly tackle student and school improvement. Recently, in 2020, we updated the research and we provided an additional theme assessment. Our eight themes are assessment, high expectations, collaboration, explicit teaching, effective feedback, data to inform practice, classroom management and wellbeing. I suppose it's important to note that the research and the resources are really important to know how our teachers and schools can understand their own performance and impact student outcomes. It's a process for our schools for improvement. So, so how, do we, how do we know of all the things, of all the research, uh, how do we come to the conclusion that these are the eight things that schools really need to be focused on and engaged in? What, what leads you down the path to choose these eight? The research, the evidence, the data that the CESI team, our research and analysts, really engaged and immersed themselves in the research They spent time in our schools, they identified where our best performing schools are at, informed by their practices, they understood where our schools were at, and whilst they recognised what the data was telling them, they really truly engaged in what the research said and identified where our schools were performing at their best. Those schools that are performing at their best are generally using this research into practice. So there's almost like a triangulation with all the data that the department can connect collects, you analyse that and look for high-performing schools, and that will be high-performing schools across all backgrounds, uh, FOE, uh, all levels of student, in a sense, performance, identify high-performing schools, look at what those schools are doing and then link that back to the research. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important that uh, none of these schools are addressing any of these themes in isolation. They're addressing these themes simultaneously, uh, in addition to obviously using the syllabus first and foremost. Now, this has been the most popular piece of CC research, downloaded thousands and thousands of times, regularly cited. Um, this year, as you've refreshed it, you've also put a, a toolkit with it as well. What's the, what's the aim of the toolkit? Yeah, um, Great question, Mark, and it's interesting. Uh, we've had the research for some time, as you suggested. The, the idea of the resources support teachers to reflect uh, on their current practice for each of the What Works Best themes and identify areas for improvement. The practice guide 
provides practical strategies and reflective questions so that teachers can engage individually, collectively, communities of practice. So what kind of things uh, will teachers find in the toolkit for the first time? Uh, the, the toolkit provides teachers with key questions, uh, questions that enable them to think about new practices that can develop and importantly discontinue practices that may not be working for their students in front of them. Um, as, as you can imagine, um, our learners are all different and so it's important for our teachers to recognise where each theme is at uh, in their classroom but also recognise sometimes it's important to pause, discontinue and renew practices in our classrooms. Um, there's a real need and focus for improvement uh, in the system and we talk in the strategic plan about this commitment for every student, every teacher, every leader, every school improving every year. Um, to what extent does you know, that principle of improvement underpin a lot of this research and what it is that you're driving schools to do in engaging with this research? I think it's important for our schools to be strategic in the way in which they uh, triangulate what's happening in their schools. Um, it's really about school, teacher and student performance. It's performance for all our learners. If we recognise that these eight themes are incredibly important to address our school improvement agenda, it's important to think about how we could use these tool toolkits and um, the research and the evidence to identify where every teacher is at with these themes, with their own performance, but also their school and individual student performance. Um, I think it's important to recognise that the, the latest theme that's been added is assessment and um, what's important when we recognise that inclusion of that theme, it plays a key role in teaching, learning and a student achievement. So, so tell us about how assessment got to be on the list this time. You've got the seven, uh, none have been dropped, they all remain important. Uh, but, but you must have felt there was a gap there or the evidence was driving you towards um, assessment being a driver of student improvement and school improvement. Yeah, it's fair to say that uh, assessment was placed in various themes in the 2014 uh, research what we identified as we were renewing the research, we understood and talked to teachers, but also in the reality of what we know about teaching and learning, the assessment plays a key role towards student achievement. It's an ongoing part of the cycle of our learning and teaching cycle, and it's embedded in everyday practices in a classroom. What's important, I think, is that we recognise that a teacher continually asks, where are my students at and where to next? That's the assessment piece that deserves, and, and quite rightly so, the researchers saying an individual um, example of that would be recently at Rudy Hill High School where our team were had the privilege of immersing themselves for a day to really understand how teachers use assessment to gauge individual and class progress. Um, there's a culture there that encourages students to ask questions, to clarify understanding, and teachers checking in on student progress and understanding. Their practice reflects how closely aligned assessment is to the theme feedback. Yeah, and what about the use of uh, data and the skills that um, our teachers have in using data to inform practice? Because in the school excellence framework, it's, it's interesting when schools assess their own capability that this is often the area where they, they're the toughest self-markers on their ability to use data to inform practice. Yeah, so um, look, I'd like to share two examples of that, Mark. Um, recently at Strathfield North Public School, um, they used the toolkit to unpack uh, their collective and individual uh, capacity and understanding of the themes. Um, as I 
attended the staff meeting and listened to the principal leading the professional learning. The teachers used the toolkit, the school excellence framework and the practical guide to truly engage in where they were at with the theme assessment. Um, they individually identified where they were at, um, where to next, effectively uh, trial and share and collaborate and improve their practice. Um, this is an example, I suppose, in where, how schools can engage in the school improvement focus areas and improve the growth of all their learners. Another example in relation to um, data would be, you know, how Arunumbai have used um, the, the understanding of what they use as data and evidence to utilise the different sets of data that teachers use in a special school, the work samples, the classroom-based assessments, and ensure their observations assist the teachers to triangulate the data and evidence to develop the personalised learning plans and learning goals for their students. When we think about data, I think it's also important to think about how teachers can identify where a student needs particular attention, but importantly, to stretch. What, you know, where can we stretch our students to know and how we can stretch their challenge points for their teaching practices to improve? Uh, you've worked closely with uh, lots of schools and you've spent some time um, at a, um, as a Dell uh, working in the field with us. I mean, one of the interesting challenges, I think, about all this work is that Schools are such busy places, right? And teachers are so busy. And the operational pressures and demands of our schools uh, are absolutely enormous. And, and I mean, I, I can understand and I can sympathise with the view that says just running the place and just running classes every day is overwhelming enough. At the end of the, end of the day, you know, people are exhausted. How do you encourage busy, exhausted people to be able to go and step away and be reflective of their practice and reflective not just on business as usual, but on the changes they need to make to drive uh, improvement. How, how can the What Works Best document um, really help teachers engage in the improvement journey? Yeah, considering um, we've had an interesting term, um, you know, we've had 10,000 downloads already of this document. I think um, it's a fair indication that our teachers are interested, keen and really interested in thinking about the reflection of their practice. Um, I don't believe it's a, an additional piece. I think teachers, um, quite rightly so, always reflect on where the practice is at and where to next. Um, I think there's a strong alignment to the strategic improvement planning process and that will ensure that our schools are not engaging in additional documentation but in fact there's an alignment to the strong research basis of our school excellence framework and the what works best by using both together and um, that's what we're beginning to see in our schools. If you're a parent and you're engaged in this and you're listening to the podcast how can you expect that a school using the What Works Best framework will, in a sense, change their practice in a way that uh, you might see an impact on, on their children at that school? Yeah, I think uh, parents should be really interested in thinking about what are their expectations for their children? What do they look like, sound like? Uh, what do goals uh, look like, sound like for their children as they work towards their next steps? Uh, we know high expectations in a school will be known by the learners in each school and their community. 
We know that teachers hold high expectations of their students uh, when they know their students well and value them as learners and understand how to support their learning. Um, And parents should be really aware of that and and what that sounds like uh, when they talk to their children about their learning. I would encourage parents to really engage in conversations about the feedback their children receive and how they can assist with their next steps in their learning trajectory or indeed um, their point of challenge, where are they at and where to next. It's important too to think about um, how they can engage in conversations about assessment. Assessment is an embedded ongoing part of the teaching and learning cycle. Yeah, and, and to what extent do you think the research drives us more towards you know, formative assessment models, which is providing, you know, in a sense, more regular feedback, but uh, lower stress, more low-key assessment work. Yeah, uh, Mark, teachers have been using that for years, and I think what's important recently, in recent times, we're recognising that. Great teachers for many years have always asked great questions about where our students are at. They possibly haven't always realised or been recognised that that's assessment at its best, actually, because it's timely, it provides teachers the opportunity to provide constructive feedback. It also, as you can imagine, provides the learner with instant um, understanding of where they're at with their learning intention, uh, where they could be going in relation to the success criteria, and for the teachers to provide that ongoing loop of ongoing support and and improvement. One of the um, interesting things, I suppose, underpinning a lot of this work is the data that we collect as the department on schools. I think I think there's a there's almost like a curious dichotomy. When you look at the data that's uh, created in a sense on all schools, the broad data, there are relatively few snapshots of that. Um, HSC is clearly one, NAPLAN in 3579 is another. We've got best start assessments that are beginning to roll and, and possibly um, other broader diagnostic tools as well. But it's not like a healthcare system, I sometimes think, that can be providing data on the performance of its hospitals and a whole series of measures that emerge every day. But, but one of the things we've done here is collect a lot more data on schools over time. Um, and that data is collected in a tool that our teachers and school leaders will know of as Scout, which is now quite a rich database that helps... Um, schools identify the performance of their students but also provide uh, some level of insight of statistically similar schools, some sense of benchmarking. Can you talk a little bit about SCOUT, what teachers find in SCOUT and how we see SCOUT being used across the system? Yeah, look, SCOUT can be used to understand the attendance data, um, how teachers and students are engaging in uh, the technological tools within their school. We can identify where our students are at with Tell Them From Me, understand uh, how our students are progressing in relation to their expectations, their sense of belonging. Uh, And that's important as we think about what works best. We also know that uh, when teachers use uh, the NAPLAN data, uh, importantly, they don't just look at uh, the top two bands. They look at item analysis. They really uh, rigorously engage in the item analysis in relation to reading or numeracy. Um, And importantly, they look at the national minimum standard and think about where our students are at in our secondary context. Um, any sets of data, whether it's valid in year eight, and think about um, the scientific literacy that our students are are working towards. Um, Any of that is data that is in Scout, but importantly, uh, our great teachers use that as one starting point. They're curious about it. They ask great questions. They know that it's only one part of this story. They go on learning walks to identify what that looks like in practice. 
Um, and we really need to support our teachers to be confident in those learning walks and our leaders to validate what they can hear and see in their classrooms. Just explain to us about learning walks. What are they? Uh, a great learning walk, Mark, is when uh, a teacher, a leader, uh, you and I walk into a school and truly engage with the learners in their schools uh, to understand where a student is at, uh, to ask a student, uh, you know, what are you learning today? Where are you up to? Uh, where is the learning intention? Um, where, what are you working towards? How will you know you'll get there? Uh, who is available to support you along the, your learning trajectory? Um, our great students can articulate that really well. When it's clear, it, they know the intention of the learning experience, but they also know where the, what success will look like. Um, another thing that, that you've been involved in for us here in the department, and I see a lot in schools, is data walls and the attempt to visually depict in a sense where schools are up to. Tell us about data walls you've been building and the benefit of being able to see the data in that way. Yeah, look, um, a data wall's in, importantly a tactile. So it's it's there. It's enabling our teachers and our school leaders to put faces to the data, to know and care and value our students. We I've, also I've heard I've heard a lot that that phrase. I've heard a lot in the last six months. Faces to the data. Explain that. So it's important to know where our students are at along the trajectory of a particular scale of a data wall that's co-constructed by schools themselves. And as they co-construct, they co-plan the next steps for those students. It's important when they look at the faces of those students, they come to terms with what are our expectations for those learners? When were they last assessed? Um, are, are they a sticky problem? Do they need that knowledgeable other in the conversation to support our students and think about where to next as we progress that student um, along their learning trajectory. And, and faces to the data means that we know every student. Right? Oh, absolutely, Mark. Yeah, and, and in the context of our strategic plan, every student is known, valued and cared for, but we know where they are in their learning journey and we have a moment where we come together and focus on how she's going, how he's going, and what are the next steps for learning for every child. Yeah, I think it's important to also recognise the data wall, the impact that can have at a school level is that every teacher is responsible for all learners in the school. All learners have the potential to grow, um, but also that they, all teachers have the responsibility for all learners in the school context. Well, um, Sally Egan, thanks for your time this morning and thanks for uh, letting us know about the new revised version of What Works Best, available now on the CC website and the guide for schools as well to think about how they take that good practice, that great research, and uh, put it into practice in their own schools. Thanks for your time today on the Every Student podcast. Thanks, Mark. And thank you for listening to this episode of Every Student. Never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice or by heading to our website at education.nsw.gov.au slash every hyphen student hyphen podcast. Or if you know someone who is a remarkable innovative educator that we could all learn from, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at New South Wales Education, on Facebook, or email everystudentpodcast at det.nsw.edu.au. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next time.